Now on the phone, I have our Barb Lampson, who is a Minnesota River Valley Master Gardener that we talk every Friday about gardening. Good morning, Barb. Hey, Karen. Good morning to you. And what a beautiful morning it is. Oh, my goodness. You know what I did last night? I planted an entire uh, bed, a flower bed outside on the west side of the house of, um, you know, just annuals, just like bedding plants. So sure. a lot of this, uh, how do you say it, the celosia, c- c- you know, the ones with the big, they've got like big flower heads that are big like blobs almost. Is that how you say it? Oh, celosia. Yeah, yeah. So I planted, I think I had about 48 of those that, wow. I, that I put in and then I put some snap dragons in um you know these are just kind of common annuals and my colors are pink and red and yellow and i thought that'll be kind of a pretty um pretty look just to that side of the house and just a sunny look i had a tree there before that had a lot of shade and we cut that down so i could plant flowers that needed more sun new opportunity well i have been busy working in my garden but actually i've been dividing perennials and moving them around to places where I could better use them. Um, I took out several of my um, uh, plants that um, the um, uh, slugs were eating, and uh, I just, the hostas, that is, I just thought, you know, I'm not going to fight with these anymore. <laughs> I've got some of my favorite hostas, but some that were less than favorite. I, I donated, and... Uh, so I had new spots, and that's really, really great. The problem I've had this week has been with the gnats. Uh, oh, I've heard about. Did you hear that the, that on the that there's a new type of gnat that they're finding up in the Twin Cities? They say it's a more aggressive biting yes, gnat. Yes, it is, and yeah. um, they bite. At least in my case, and you know I'm out pretty early in the morning, and that seems to be the time that they're more. Uh, that they're around. Now, I don't garden late in the evening, but I do garden again in the afternoon. But the morning is when they're just really biting and they're really hungry. And they go around your hairline, behind your ears and up along your hairline, and then up up further into the hair itself. And I've gotten several bites, and they swell up. You know, a couple hours later, you go in the house, and you find this little spot of dried blood and then pretty soon that starts swelling, and and they itch. They itch like crazy. Well, they showed a picture in one of the news news stations of a, a child who had been bitten and just had huge welts all over the head because they say that's a new species of gnats, also called black flies, and they're out. They're more aggressive, and as you mentioned, they cause more itching and welts. And, and They do. They it, do, absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, the more you itch them, um, the worse it gets. The worse it is. So you have to kind of, for an adult, you have to kind of think, okay, I can't itch this. Maybe I can rub it a little bit once in a while, but I can't itch it. But for a child, that would be very difficult to do. But other than that, the gnats, um, and we had quite a bit of wind this last week, too, which didn't keep the gnats away. But we have had some nice, we've had a nice spring. We really, we could use a little more rain, but we've had really good weather to go out and to uh, work in the soil and to improve the soil, uh, adding lots of compost to it and weeding. And if you have pathways, you know, resetting bricks and things like that, it's great to have that all in place. 
and now I haven't added any annuals to my garden yet, but I do have some in my greenhouse, and I'm going to slowly introduce them to the outdoors, and um, by the end of the week I'll have some of those in, just depending on the weather. If it gets really hot, um, for these annuals especially, or if you transplanted some perennials, be sure and shade them a little bit. Don't you know, it just depends on how hot it gets. But they, they will get scald, and that's tough on them because I've yeah. I know that I have had these. The, I told you I planted the Andrews last night, and they've been out in the cooler nights. They've been out on the warmer days, so I've been gradually over the last couple weeks because it's been too cold to do anything. But bringing them in and out so they get hardened off, so to speak, and that's so important. And like you mentioned, if we get a uh, really eighty degrees and you have just set them out, that's going to be tough on them. So yeah. Yes. Yes, that's right. And, you know, some of the things that we grow here, like primrose, right now I have four different types of primrose in my garden. They love the shade, and they love to be wet. And if we get a really hot day, this is the third summer for these primrose that I'm raising. I have to shade them. I just take and make little canopies over them. Now, some people wouldn't want to fuss like that, but to me it's well worth it because the plants, they just bloom and clump, and they're gorgeous. The colors are gorgeous. So, uh, you know, get ready. Have some things ready. I like to use um, some, um, it's like a, a cage that we use on peppers, and I use that cage, and then I put on the top, I just put some wooden slats, some some uh, cedar shingles so that they're shaded and and yet they can sprawl out and do whatever they want to do. And then with something like that that likes moist soil, I have been watering them every single day. Mm-hmm. And the great thing is I've had enough rain in my rain barrels to keep them uh, uh, watered with that. One thing I've used for shading too, because you know I ordered a number of plants and including some climbing roses, which I haven't been able to get out, and I'm going to put in this weekend. But I take some poles, and then I have like burlap, like a burlap sack, and sure. then I will build like a little, like almost a little teepee of burlap sack. So you know, you, you can it's just sort of like a curtain almost around it, and that has helped in the past. You know, so anything you can do to protect it, because you know it's going to be tough. Those those. Uh, I have them in a bag of, of sawdust right now to keep its bare roots, so I keep the the, the uh, roots moist and that sort of thing. And hopefully it all will go as planned, and I'll be able to get out and get a lot of those things done, Barb. Yes. Well, you know what? One of the things that I have at home this year in my coal frame are radishes. I'm raising two different types of radishes, and I harvested my first <gasps> radishes yesterday. Oh I my. was so thrilled. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, I've I've got some lettuces and stuff that have been able to harvest, and my peas are doing well, um, I uh, except for one area. I think the squirrels have been pulling them out, but I had to put a little fencing around that. So it's, it's always a challenge. But I would say pretty much after this week, you know, usually they say around Memorial Day, it's safe to start putting things out. So it's... It looks like the the nights are going to be above 55, and that's important in order to decide when to put things out. So it's getting. Yeah. Do, would you put tomatoes out yet? I know Harvey won't give me mine until the you know the the end of uh, the last week. But would you put them out yet? No, no. Okay. Absolutely not. And um, what I'm going to do now it, this week is uh, I'm going to uh, put in my coal crops. 
I realize that's later than what some people yes. do, but we always have to wait for the fence up at Good Counsel. Sure. And even though we do have a small fence, uh, when it comes to deer, uh, a small fence doesn't keep them out. So today I'm going to start, I'm going to put in cabbage, a couple kinds of cabbage, uh, broccoli, and cauliflower. I'll get those in. And then I'm going to use um, the hoops for them too, especially the cabbage, because they have a tendency to get um, uh, this worm that gets in there, this lopper, looper, and, and lays its eggs. And, it, you know, just that's really devastating. And also on the broccoli, the same problem with them. So I'll get them in there and uh, water them. You know, even though this is a community garden, it's not as convenient to run out and water. No. You have to go once you do these transplants and water every single day because it's important. Um, they will wilt really fast, especially for us up on the hill like that. Yeah, there's a good wind up there, too. You know, I installed irrigation. Basically, it's a, a kind of like a soaker hose, and it, it's kind of you snake it around on my raised garden bed and last night I hooked up the water and, and I just run it slowly and you know leave it run for a while because so you're not really using that much water because and then it soaks in gently so I'm going to see if that's going to really improve my yield this year but it certainly has helped in terms of having to um, lug water uh, in the pots or, or in the jugs or something and and last night I've got four rain barrels last night Jeff emptied out uh, we emptied out a couple of the rain barrels just watering my container plants like flowers, but I don't want to use the rain water for my vegetables. And I would say that's a good thing because sometimes there's asphalt or other things on the roof, bacteria that can get in there. So that's why I use the hose water yeah. for the vegetables. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. That's really important too. Um, although I was taking the Master Gardener um training this week the classes for our continuing ed and one of the things they talked about is the ph of the uh city water it can be very alkaline so like if you think that um your tomatoes are doing well and you've used all city water and it's been a dry summer because uh tomatoes do not like the alkaline soil and and uses up the phosphorus and so uh, you know there's a problem there too one of the ways you can mitigate that is when you uh, work in compost the compost actually helps to hold the nutrients in place including the nitrogen so that it doesn't run through but it helps keep the the uh, nutrients right there where the roots can use it so you know think about that working in some compost and then mulching really heavy so that uh, your soil doesn't dry out so that's a couple of things you can do but if we have a lot uh, a drought if we have a drought and you're using on your vegetables a lot of city water you might think about that or you might find out what the pH of the city water is well, I know that I have had soil tests done in my yard, and the soil here in, in Minnesota is very highly alkaline already. So if you're adding water and making it more alkaline, yep. that's going to you know compound the problem. I also use some, some organic fertilizers that I put in to try and help, you know, with to yep. add the for tomatoes and that sort of thing that um, helps them with the nutrients as well. Yes. Well, you know, like with the radishes now, when you're going to add some um, fertilizer to your soil, it, you really don't need the nitrogen 
because if you've got the organic matter in there, the, the nitrogen that was there is going to it's going to be available from year to year more, at, from one year to the next year, because it won't the soil the water doesn't uh, push it on through the soil. It stays up there with the organic matter, but um, uh, so. That, you don't need to add that ingredient, but because you're harvesting a root crop, you want to concentrate more on, on if you need phosphorus or if you need potash in your soil. And, you know, we're very accustomed to when we plant bulbs in this fall, we add bone meal, yes. and that's because we want to develop these really healthy uh bulbs and keep them going because they have to store up all the nutrients for the flowers and the foliage for the following year. Well, I'm glad you mentioned bulb because that reminds me, I still have a lot of tulips and my daffodils are still still blooming and they're looking just gorgeous, but some of them are done, meaning the petals have fallen off or they've dried up, you know, so because they all come out different right. times. So I have been cutting just the stem with the, the bloom on it off and you leave the, the foliage, the leaves, yes. because that, yes. so, so if people are thinking, oh, they're kind of ugly, they're going to you know, let them dry up and right. don't, whatever you do, don't take those leaves off. That's how they store up the food to, to produce a bigger bulb to bloom the next year. So I just want to emphasize that because I do know they do look kind of scraggly. And, and that's why sometimes I plant other plants around to kind of fill in that area. Sure. So if you just think of it this way, that in the foliage, that's where the uh, plants factories at that's manufacturing the, the gets the energy from the sun that's manufacturing the food that's going to plant that's going to feed the roots so uh, they have to have that if you cut off the foliage you are closing down the factory so especially with daffodils sometimes we get tired of seeing that foliage as it starts to get gangly looking and discolored that takes the longest to die down mm -hmm. but Daffodils really need that because they're they're heavy, uh, they're heavy producers, and they can last and stay in place for years to come. If you be sh if you're certain to feed them, water them, leave their foliage on, and of course, as always, you know you can mulch them too so they don't dry out. Do you ever and add a fertilizer to after the 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 uh, flowers are done blooming? Like add a little something around them so they'll get a little more energy into the the bulb or doesn't no yeah usually i fertilize right away when the when yeah. they start coming up yes uh, and and that's it depends on you know if you put in if you've got a, a fertilizer that's granular that's delayed um you know you could get that in then and that would feed through that whole cycle if you just put a very light um in the in the spring, you just want to give it a little boost, like a vit shot of vitamins to get it going. Then, after it got done with the bloom, I'll give it another shot of that um, water-soluble, very light uh, fertilizer. And again, you don't really need nitrogen in that. Well, I've been doing the melorganite, and I think what I'll do is I continue to put the melorganite around my plants. And if that's an organic fertilizer made from, well, it's in mil from Milwaukee. It's it's um, made from uh, sewage, but it's basically the microbes dried up, and that has kept the deer and the the varmints away from my plants. And you know that breaks down slowly. So that's uh, that's kind of been my thing now. Is is discovering that has been a really great thing. And I don't know if you've tried it yet, but um, it's no, I haven't, Karen. And it is on my list. 
when I go to the garden center to get something, I will pick up some of that. Uh, I think it's really important for gardeners to find something that works for them and their soil and also the amount of time that they have to to garden. True. Gardening is really great, but it can be time-consuming. Oh, yeah. And oftentimes you have a multitude of things to do in a limited number of hours to do it. So you have to prioritize things. But if that works for you, that's good. Use it. Do it. Yeah. So anyway, that's been something successful for me. So I, and I don't know, I'm going to be going out and doing my pollinator gardening. I'm not getting those plants until probably the first week in June, but I've got to remove some sod and it's going to be put by the shoreline and I'm going to be planting those with deeper roots to absorb the water. So if, as it comes down a hill or something, it, it's, uh, it's uh, filtered out like any of the pollutants and that sort of thing. So that's one of my next big projects. Well, that, that is a big project, but boy, that is so worthwhile to do anything we can to protect our water, our lakes, our streams, our rivers, everything for future generations. We want them to be able to enjoy uh, this beautiful uh, area that we have with, you know, we have, um, see, we have four rivers five rivers running through Blue Earth County alone, and then we have all of our lakes, and we have smaller streams. We are so blessed here, so being aware of how we can protect the, these bodies of water is really important. It should be first and foremost on your list, and then when you go to take care of your lawn, don't forget that that's, you know, you can't just keep dumping nitrogen on your soil, and and if it, you get a heavy rain, it runs off. Or if you have soil that is compacted and it doesn't go in down, it runs off. So uh, it's a big responsibility, but gosh, it sure is worthwhile. Well, do you know what I keep seeing that it bothers me is a lot of the lawn companies, they'll be sprinkling some stuff on the the lawns even the parks and that sort of thing and you'll see it all over the sidewalks and the driveways and that basically when it rains that is a direct link to flushing that down into our our rivers and streams because that's where those those drains actually end up going to so that's important so if if somebody's if you've uh, had a service or something and you see any little particles usually they're yellow or gray or something sweep them back into the the grass so they're not going to just go into the the drain yes that and then all the debris that comes down from the trees, whether it's leaves or, or pollen or now the seeds. I have seeds that come from my neighbor's silver maples, and they are now falling down. And they're those ones that are like the helicopters. They, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of interesting to watch when they fall. They keep turning around. And you have to sweep them up. You can't let them go into the storm drain. That's that's nitrogen they're green that's nitrogen they're just going to get in there and things are just going to grow in the in the water so um uh do that too and daily i've been sweeping my driveway sometimes i have a lot and sometimes a little bit but boy if you stay right at it um you can you can handle that so i've been seeing i i have a I am on a Facebook group about with gardeners and people with questions. A lot of people have had the question about rhubarb. They see this strange thing coming from the rhubarb. It looks like a big blob coming up, and that's the seed head or the seed pod that comes up, and you want to pull that out because once that starts forming, the leaves will stop producing essentially the, uh, more stalks. So right. pull that out just from the bottom. You know, Don't cut it. Just take and pull the whole thing out, and hopefully you'll be able to get some 
uh, rhubarb longer. And generally they say mid-June to July, uh, 1st of July at the latest to harvest rhubarb. It gets kind of tough. So FYI about that. Yeah. Uh, we started uh, pulling that out up at Good Council because up there with uh, the space being open, there's lots of sunshine and uh, and lots of space for the rhubarb to grow. And we had seed pods coming two weeks ago already. Yeah, and a lot of people have had early ones, and I didn't know, is it the weather, do you think? I, you know, I think so. In the mild winter, I think things were just ready to come through the soil. But if you reach your hand down to the very bottom where that spike comes out of the soil, and then just take it off right down there, get rid of that stock as well as that uh, the seed head on top, that whole thing needs to come out. Yes, absolutely. So other things that people should be thinking about. Now, I know a lot of people are going to the garden stores and are getting their annuals to pot and put in containers. So that's a big thing now. And I think it's really important to note that when you put them in your containers, you're going to be watering all season and it's a never ending process. So a lot of folks say, well, why are my flowers in my container look so scrubby? Well, it's the thing where you need to, they are heavy feeders, a lot of them, and they need, you need to add some soluble fertilizer. Every time I water them, I add some very diluted um, soluble fertilizer. And I don't know what your secret is. Do you have some you'd like to share? Well, you know, I'm always using the rainwater. Yes, and yes. I just think that is so beneficial to plants because it's, it's uh, the temperature is warmer. It doesn't It's not cold. It's warm. And... Uh, and, and I'm putting it on with a watering can so you can see how much it needs. And, and I'm diligent about it. I do it early in the morning. Usually that's, I'm, I'm, I have all this energy in the morning starting about 6 a.m. <laughs> and so I get this done early in the morning so the plant has the benefit of that. And it's not sitting in water at night when it goes to sleep. So that would be my biggest thing. If I think I need a little something, um, I will I will dissolve something in water and and water it in. But if 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 there's no problem and if I had good soil, it's it's usually pretty good for the season. But again, it just depends on how often you're watering, how much you're putting in there, and whether the nutrients are running out. Absolutely. So. And Karen, you know what we had changes, shifting gears a little bit? Yeah. Uh, um, my neighbor, Mrs. Jensen, was over and told me we had a fox out on our yard on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. A fox, it comes came up right from the ravine between my house and the neighbor's house, and it was, you know, just exploring the front yard, and then it went right down, right between the two houses and went back down in the ravine again. So I thought, wow, a fox at 7 p.m., they're really getting pretty brave. I've been seeing on Facebook a lot of people posting pictures of fox, so a lot more, too. I don't know if there's more of them or they're just getting pushed into the the suburbs or, or what the deal is. I don't know, but one thing, we have not seen any rabbits in the yard, none whatsoever. Now, the, <laughs> this spring before we got home from Georgia, there were some that had gotten into one of my flower beds out front and had eaten a lot of things. But uh, since we got home and put our fence up, we haven't seen anything, and we will normally see them come through. And as Mrs. Jensen told me, there was one living under one of the shrubs I had in my yard here, but we haven't seen any. So maybe the fox are hunting these rabbits and looking for rabbits. I don't know. 
Yeah, I was going to ask your secret. I know you've got a fence, but they still invade anyway, don't they? Yeah, they do. They really do. And the other thing, the other little visitor I have to my yard right now is I was very surprised to see I was working out in the greenhouse, and I had a frog in there. And it's a a big one. That's a toad, I think. And uh, I thought, well, how did you get in here? And so... <laughs> One day, when it was really warm, I had the door open to the greenhouse as well as the windows, and it must have come in through the door, and it was living underneath this. um, I have a wooden barrel that I have soil in, and it's raised up a little bit. It must be living under there, so I thought, okay, I'll open the door and it'll go out, but it didn't. It hopped under the barrel again, so I put a big, shallow dish full of water and I thought, well, maybe you're thirsty, you'll have a drink of water, and I'll be able to catch you. But but I didn't. So today, again, I have the door open, and hopefully um, he will hop out. I saw him again yesterday and couldn't catch him, and so maybe he'll go on his own now. We'll see. <laughs> I just picture you out in the, out in the yard. See, we want to remind people it is Pledge Drive, Barb, and, and uh, yeah. hopefully they, they listen to programs like this and get something useful out of them, and, and they feel it's it's worth pledging for. So uh, and I know you've been a part of the radio station for a long time. What are your thoughts? Yeah, right. You know, it's so important for us to have be able to get information that um, isn't that's free and that uh, not promoting a an advertisement an advertiser so I just think that if we want to have public radio we have to support it Um, it's like anything else Uh, you get what you pay for and what you pay for you appreciate and so if you appreciate the radio please uh, think about a donation Um, the radio station certainly can use it well thanks barb you know we uh, had someone pledge during our show uh, cheryl from river falls pledge so we had a 650 dollar matching grant we had to meet we're down to 300 dollars now so less than half of what we have to to raise and we've got another hour and a half to do it i think we can do it i think so too we always have right well thank you barb appreciate you and uh, happy gardening hey take care of yourself and uh um the best to all of our gardeners and don't work too hard now that it's wor- <laughs> now that it's warming up don't be sure and pace yourself thanks barb bye-bye bye-bye barb always caring she's a caring caring person so yeah we have a bunch of radio heroes oh my goodness we got let's see where are they we got cheryl